at it with, uh, let's just jump back in, Stomp. We're going to talk about uh, some more quarterback situations around the NFL. And we kind of left off at the NFC North. Yep. Uh, let's just jump in. Um, I, I'm going to put off the Packers as long as we possibly can. So let's start with those Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> Kirk Cousins going into a walk year. Um, I, you know, offensive coordinator. New offensive coordinator, uh, you know, talk of possibly trading Stephon Diggs. Um, it, yeah, that, uh, yeah, that one's wild because it's like, okay, well, Adam Thielen's, what, 29 going on 30. Yeah. You have like Ola B.C. Johnson. You have Chad Beebe. Other than that, who do you have? Why would you trade Stephon Diggs? It, yeah, Irv Smith. Um. I mean, maybe that I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a plan in place to draft Tyler Johnson, but I, I still don't know how that really solves your problems. No, I don't either. I mean, and here's the thing. Kirk Cousins didn't have a great year last year um, in terms of fantasy production, but he still threw 26 touchdowns, only six interceptions. Mm-hmm. Um, he only had 3,600 yards. So it's not like – he was terrible. He just didn't pile up the yards. But the previous, what, four, five seasons or four seasons, he was a QB one. So to me, it looks a lot like what Matt, what we saw from Matt Stafford in 2018, where we saw him kind of fall. He had injuries and, and such. Um, and then he came back and, and put up another QB while he was on pace for top three QB when he got injured again. And I, I would expect that from Kirk Cousins. Of course, that is if Stefan Diggs is there. Um, if Stefan Diggs leaves or if they tra- or sorry, if they trade him, I would expect them to bring another wide receiver in. But I think Kirk Cousins is is among the safer picks at quarterback. So if you don't get one of those top end quarterbacks, you can wait and get Kirk Cousins. And I still think he's good for four thousand yards and twenty five plus touchdowns, and you're perfectly fine with that. You're perfectly happy with that. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. Kind of a high end quarterback too, uh, pretty easily, um, with, you know, uh, I mean, I, I would, mid. yeah, I mean, I don't know what he did in 2018. I can look here, but I mean, you're probably talking mid QB one at, at, at the, it, his it, that's his, yeah, that's kind of his, his ceiling. Um, which, you know, that's really not bad, especially again, you know, in the, in the part one, we had talked about Baker Mayfield and the fact that he is extremely uh, risky. Um, you know, Kirk Cousins, I think, kind of balances that out. He's he's another one of those guys that kind of balances that out. Um, and there are a handful of guys. We talk about Drew Locke. We started last, uh, you know, part one talking about Drew Locke and the belief that he's going to be that, you know, that year two quarterback breakout. Um you know, a, a great insurance for the possibility that that doesn't happen for whatever reason is it's guys like Kirk Cousins and, you know, so Matt Ryan, Matt Stafford. Those are kind of the guys, same, you know, same age range, same roughly the same ADP. Like those are great guys to kind of hedge uh, if you're going to go after some of these, these young quarterbacks who, you know, that we think could break out, but won't necessarily, you know, Daniel Jones is another great one. Um, If you were going to pay the price for Joe Burrow or or Tua, 
uh, these guys also kind of balance yeah. them out. But yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it is contingent on Stefan Diggs being there. Like we know that Kirk Cousins can support Thielen and Stefan Diggs, mm-hmm. but if Diggs isn't there, I uh, Kirk Cousins' ceiling I think is limited unless they bring somebody else in. Yep. Um, but I, it's going to be tough to meet that caliber of player in Stefan Diggs. Man, we'll have to do the same thing with wide receivers because uh, I'm pretty curious about some uh, some of the situations for this Stefan Diggs could actually land in. But um, uh, yeah, let's just move on to so the Lions right now. It's it's Matt Stafford. There's all of a sudden some talk about possibly moving on from him and using that third overall pick on uh on Tua God, I, I hate that so much <laughs> I know that it, it makes no sense and and that's what uh, it that's what makes me think that this is all just kind of posturing it's it's you know that smoke and mirrors that happens every single year where you know we're just talking about um it, it's like a threat it's like a hollow threat to take Tua uh so that you know, if if you if you want to if you want this franchise quarterback, you're going to have to trade up to three, uh, let Detroit trade back to five or six, and then you know they still get their guy, <laughs> they right. still get Jeff Akuda. The only know? thing that I would love, and and we've talked about this before, is going to Tampa. Yeah, that's the only thing I would love about that. Um, other than that, like he's in a good situation where he has two good pass catchers in Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay. He has a good pass catching running back in carry on Johnson. He has TJ Hawkinson, who is a good pass catcher in college and going into a second season as a tight end. So it's a perfect situation for Matt Stafford to continue to succeed, especially because that defense is not fantastic. So they will likely have to throw the ball again. Yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, is there the the running game? I guess is a little bit of a concern still. Um, but even even if that's the case, like last year, he was at he was the QB three in terms of fantasy points per game. So it's yeah. actually probably a good thing um, because yeah. the, his I think he's proven himself enough at this point with his arm talent and his decision-making that I think he is kind of not matchup proof or, or like run game proof or whatever, but he's going to get his fantasy points regardless. And those wide receivers are so good. I mean, Marvin Jones on the outside and Kenny Galladay just being a 50, 50 connoisseur that I think I I'm, I'm perfectly fine with Matt Stafford. Now the only concern that you really have is he's had back injuries and back-to-back seasons. Mm-hmm. Now they, they, there's news that his back is fully healed this time, but you still have to be concerned about those injuries. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. Jeff Driscoll, by the way, gave us two very good fantasy, uh, yeah, right. Fantasy performances, but in that same offense. So, you know, there, there's reason to believe that this situation in general is a little bit better than, uh, you know, than, than people might think. Um, they also, they, so they, traded away Quandre Diggs and now it looks like Darius Slay might be on the way out like this defense could be pretty awful uh which is always good for uh for fantasy quarterbacks 
So, yeah, I mean, it, it's a pretty good situation as long as Matthew Stafford stays in it. Uh, Chicago, now we're now we get to the, the interesting ones. Um, I, I mean, Trubisky right now is at the top of the depth chart. He's not going anywhere. So the question becomes, is that a, is it going to be a position that they actually address between, you know, in free agency or, or through a trade or uh, do they do they give Mitch Trubisky one more year? Uh, what's your what's your feeling on that? And uh, I don't know because yeah. th- this seems like a team that is primed to contend, if not for Mitchell Trubisky, because that defense is good to great. They have Allen Robinson. They have Anthony Miller, who had a who had a great season last season, especially in the second half. Um, they do need help at tight end. I don't like David Montgomery. We know this. You like David Montgomery. Mm-hmm. Um, I still think they could use help at running back, but it seems like if they can get a good quarterback, they would be primed to become a contender in the NFC. Yeah. So is Matt Nagy going to give him another year? I, I just, I don't think so because he looked, he took a step backwards. So he wasn't even, he wasn't good in his second season, but he was far worse in his third season. And I think hopefully that they recognize they cannot make it work with him right now. They basically have to make it so he doesn't have to throw the ball very often. <laughs> and yeah. with this with this free agency class, I mean, you have some decent throwers out there. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater is out there. He looked good without Drew Brees or when in, in um, absence of Drew Brees. Uh, Cam Newton, if available, I, I don't love it, but I think that you're probably better off with him than you are with – with um, Mitch Trubisky. Uh, so I, I think there's options. I mean, even like Derek Carr is a better quarterback than Mitch Trubisky. And if he's not going to play for Oakland, he's a, he's an option. Or I guess Las Vegas, he's an option now. So yeah. there are a lot of decent quarterbacks that you don't – I mean, if they're going to play the way, that way where they're going to hopefully – lean on the run and not throw as much you have better passers than Mitchell Trubisky yeah yeah there's a uh there's a Jameis Winston component to this whole thing where you know significant draft capital and that's kind of the golden handcuffs right now he's kind of handcuffed to that team and they they're a little bit stuck with him because of that because of the move that they made to uh to move up to get Trubisky but he's literally costing you wins you can't it uh, at some point you have to acknowledge the fact that you're not going to be able to to contend with this guy like even with an all-time great defense i don't think that this is a, a team that's capable of winning the super bowl with mitch trubisky and if that's the case i never understand why nfl teams don't make this move sooner actually uh anytime that's the case like it just just cut your losses and move on right then and there that's that's how i've felt with Jameis winston too but and now we're there with the bears and mitch trubisky it sounds like they're going to be a little bit more proactive than tampa bay has been um so uh, you know maybe that situation can improve it's got to improve the situation for for all the pass catchers if uh if they bring in i mean literally anyone 
So it, it's just a matter of can the Bears convince themselves to make this move? Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I mean. Like I said, I mean, if they're smart, they are in a window or right now where their defense is good enough that they can they can be a contender. But, yeah, I just so, – Mitchell Trubisky's not the guy. Yeah. So Trubisky is definitely hurting in ADP. Uh, quarterback 31 off the board. Um, so, you know, that's, that's, that still might be a little bit high though. <laughs> uh, honestly. So some guys going that he's going ahead of Teddy Bridgewater, Philip rivers, Andy Dalton. And mind you, this is February ADP where Te- Mitchell Trubisky still is technically the starter. If Teddy Bridgewater start is a starter, yeah. Um, if Philip rivers is a starter. If Andy Dalton is a starter, if Jacoby Brissett is a starter, if Tyron Taylor is a starter, I'm taking all of those guys ahead of him. Yeah. Um, yeah. What about some of these rookies? Jake Fromm, Jacob Eason, uh, Jalen Hurts. So this is dynasty, obviously. I would yeah. rather have Fromm. I would rather have Love. I would rather have – I mean, Jacob Eason, not so much. Jalen Hurts, I think, is going to go higher than a lot of people think because of this this wave of rush, running quarterbacks. I agree. Um, so I would rather have him in dynasty as well. That's one that just it, it always gets me. We'll have plenty of time to talk about. Patrick right now is going behind Mitchell Trubisky again. Dynasty, yeah. But I don't think Mitchell Trubisky's long to be a starter in the in the NFL. So I would rather have Ryan Fitzpatrick for one year, where in Superflex you he can be your QB three and be be that piece that you are missing. If for God forbid one of your quarterbacks goes down, Ryan Fitzpatrick's not a bad QB two for you. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you get a full year out of Fitzpatrick, but I think that if you get anything out of Mitch Trubisky, it's it's a matter of weeks. Like, I, it, you know, if Miami ends up with Tua, then maybe you get Ryan Fitzpatrick for the entire year. Um, and and I mean, all signs kind of point to that, but I mean, I, I still would, don't I, know for sure that they're gonna totally redshirt Tua. I, I do. I, I just with that hip injury, I do. I think they could possibly red. I mean, because they're not going to do anything this year. Yeah, they could possibly red shirt anybody they pick outside of like Joe Burrow. Because I, I would rather keep a year of like my guy being healthy and learning. Totally. Yeah. And and get him the weapons he needs in 2021 that I would want him out there and only winning like three, four, five games. Um. Maybe maybe he plays at the end of the year fine, but at that point in time, it's like three or four games at the end of the season. But yeah, I think largely anybody they pick, if they pick a quarterback, anybody they pick is going to get redshirted. Yeah. All right, one more guy. Got to talk about him, and then we can move on out of this division entirely. Aaron Rodgers is going at quarterback eleven. He finishes quarterback twelve. Uh, he's he's going behind. I mean, Joe Burrow. Oh, well, I, that, that I one's know. a little rough. In in dynasty, I don't, I don't hate it. I guess in dynasty, I I have to admit that's probably fair. I mean, I I, I would rather have Aaron Rodgers, but you know, it, again, it is dynasty. So you know, thirty six years old versus twenty three years old, Aaron Rodgers could be his dad. So, uh, well, not quite, but oh, teenage dad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, super super teenage dad. Yeah. God damn yeah, that, exactly. That teacher was not a good oh, that's not a good joke. That was awful. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
Yeah, uh, that's unfortunate. We'll move on. Um, it, it, but anyways, I, you know, there's there's le- legitimate strategy to um, to you know to prioritizing Joe Burrow over Aaron Rodgers. And also, it's not like I mean, these guys are within uh, you know, it's quarterback ten, quarterback eleven, and it, you know, so when we ran DLF ADP mocks uh, over the last you know, two months. So back in January, we took, uh, uh, we included rookie picks. Aaron Rodgers actually went, um, uh, one pick after 1.01. I'm trying to, trying to look this up. So I'm not talking totally out of turn, but, uh, Joe Burrow, I mean, so in February he went, Joe Burrow went several spots ahead of ahead of Aaron Rodgers. What the hell? Um, but then in, uh, in January, when we included the picks, it was literally at the end of round three, uh, 310 was, was rookie pick 1.01 and, uh, 311 was Aaron Rodgers. So, I mean, you know, we, we're talking about like these guys literally being back to back and it really comes down to, do you prefer the youth or do you prefer, you know, the, the high floor. <laughs> this is an, this is another Admiral Akbar moment. <laughs> it's our trap. Um, yep. God, like I, you and I have had this conversation so many times. Yeah. And the last time we had this conversation, it was what the hell makes up a trend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I- I mean, I I started getting into semantic arguments and it was just like, oh, this isn't, yeah. I have to walk away from this. I mean, I've tried to soften this a little bit here because I mean, right now we're going off a of consensus. Like I'm asking if you agree with consensus because I don't, I mean, to me, Aaron Rodgers is significantly higher than this, but you know, I'm, I'm leaving that part out and recognizing my bias. Um, but I am curious if if you're okay with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback eleven, ahead of Daniel Jones, ahead of Jared Goff. Um, so I'm going to say something, and and this is because I I love the quarterbacks in the teens. Uh-huh. <sighs> like I, I don't. My I guess my first thing is I don't love these where the ADP for these quarterbacks, because I think Matt Stafford, Matt Stafford is more valuable than the guys, than a lot of the guys ahead of him. I think Kirk Cousins is more valuable than some of the guys ahead of him. Um, I think Matt Ryan's more valuable than some of the guys ahead of him. Like we have this tendency in, in dynasty fantasy football to definitely value youth over, over those who are veterans, but but that should not apply to quarterbacks because quarterbacks last until 35 to 40 years. So they have several good years left after 30 and, and Matt Stafford's 32. Kirk cousins is 31. Matt Ryan is 34, but he's still got weapons around him and he's not looking like he's slowing down by any stretch of the imagination. So those guys are a lot safer to me than Jared Goff, Daniel Jones, Joe Burrow, um, in terms of dynasty, I get it. Cause Joe Burrow is like, okay, well he's a, he's, 
he's the 1.01 likely in, in super flex. He he's got weapons around him. He looks like a guy that can be good in the NFL, but I know that these guys are good in the NFL. Mm -hmm. And honestly, with the way I'm thinking, I'm almost taking Matt, at the very least, Matt Stafford ahead of Aaron Rodgers. No. <laughs> Her cousins Wait. is iffy. Matt Ryan. I mean, I can make an argument for Matt Ryan as well. Um, so that's that's man. the controversial statement right now for me with you. Oh, I, I almost I almost prefer those three over Aaron Rodgers. At the very least, I would lump them in with Aaron Rodgers here. And the and the reason that I would maybe pick those three ahead of Aaron Rodgers is this idea of there is a trend with Aaron Rodgers right now. And mm. <laughs> I really don't want to hash this out, so I'm going to try it. I got to try and keep it to the point where we're not going to yell at each other for an hour. Yeah. But it's because Aaron Rodgers in, what was it, 2016, finished as the QB1. So that was the last time he finished as a QB1 um, in, in fantasy football. In 2017, I believe he injured his collarbone, correct? Uh, yeah, yeah. So well, injured his Anthony collar. Barr okay. injured his, call, his collarbone. I mean, you can't get – On purpose. You can, oh, he did not. He did <laughs> not. He was running to the right, and he threw it, and he got tapped. Anybody, any Packers fan who said he did it on purpose is batshit crazy. You have your story. I have mine. Okay, that's fine. But – um. But and then after that, and this is where we got a little contentious the last time we talked about this. In 2017, in the weeks that he played, he was the QB five in points per game, mm -hmm. and that's the only thing we can we can actually use to measure his play in 2017 because obviously he didn't play a full season; he only played uh, seven games. So even if we toss that out here, 2018, and you're gonna you're gonna say he was injured again, and okay, whatever. Um, was the QB seven according to the statistics I'm looking at, which is from FF today. So though, though they vary could be the QB six and yeah. fantasy points per game. He was the QB 12 Yeah. Um, did play in 16 games. So, and then in 2019, he was the QB 12. So to me, that represents a trend where you went from QB one. I use that QB five number, but I understand why you wouldn't. QB six, QB 12. And what we saw last year was he was just not needed like he was previously with Mike McCarthy. And that's because, um, Oh my God, I just forgot the head coach's name. Matt LaFleur. Matt LaFleur doesn't, his system is use a two back system, run the ball more. And I think it's to try and keep Aaron Rodgers healthy too, where you're not relying on the dude to have to bail you out week in and week out. And it worked out relatively well. I mean, they went, what, 12 and four? Yeah. So, and <laughs> I get the argument it was his first year in that offense. He's still learning things. But at the same time, he's a veteran quarterback who really shouldn't need all that much time to get into a new system. Not to mention it was kind of a hybrid system, much like what Peyton Manning did with, with Kubiak, where you have a veteran quarterback who has these tendencies, who has these things that he likes, and you have Matt LaFleur who has his own system, and they make it a hybrid. Maybe it does get better next year. Mm -hmm. But he is 36. We see quarterbacks start to show their age around this point in time. I mean, Tom Brady 
probably since about this time started going downhill. Now he went down relatively slowly. Is that Aaron Rodgers? I don't know. That's what it looks like he's doing right now, but we could see a Peyton Manning type cliff. So that's my issue is I'm getting, I feel like I would get guys in Kirk Cousins, Matt Ryan, Matt, Matt Stafford, who have the same floor as Aaron Rodgers right now, but have a higher ceiling. And I get that the ceiling week on week on a weekly basis, Aaron Rodgers can be the QB one on a weekly basis. We saw it a couple times last year, but overall, I don't think that's his ceiling on a year long uh, on a season long, um, or I guess for a full sixteen games. Yeah, I I I get that. I mean, I I, I guess my issue would be I I look at all of these quarterbacks and I see you know, situations that are, that are very different and uh, very different from what they really kind of intended. In fact, you know, I, I think, I think that there was some outlier performances across the board there. You know, I, I don't, I don't think that uh, for just with, just with Aaron Rodgers, I don't think that they're going to get the type of running production that they got in 2019. I don't think that you, that they're going to be able to rely on that. And I think that, you know, when when that regression hits, it's going to benefit Aaron Rodgers in terms of fantasy production. And I, I just I, I point to that Carolina game where, you know, they drive down the field uh, on on four straight drives and Aaron Rodgers, you know, they get inside the five yard line all four times and Aaron Rodgers comes away with one touchdown and one called back for a pass interference. Like these are these are outlier numbers just as much as you know, uh, just just as much you know long touchdown runs. Those one yard touchdown plunges. Those are just as much. They're just as fluky. Yeah, I, I that's fine. I mean, really, when you're on the one yard line, when you have those goal to go situations, I don't feel they're as fluky just because you're going to generally run the ball. And if that's how Matt LaFleur runs his system um, with the running back getting more opportunity, running backs getting more opportunities. So maybe, maybe he isn't for a, a positive regression here, but I still think that sure he can be a QB one, but I don't think that ceiling of top five exists anymore for Aaron Rodgers. Hmm. Yeah. Um, well, I disagree with that part, but well, I know you did. <laughs> yeah, it's civil here. Yeah. But I, the last time, like seriously, the last time we were talking on Twitter, mm-hmm. I I got really I had to walk away because it's like oh <laughs> you are now arguing that- stupid ass semantics and saying I'm moving the goalposts. Yeah, I'm gonna murder somebody. Oh my god. Yeah, I mean, you did change the the argument, or at least you tried to, I did and I didn't not let you. Change the goddamn <laughs> argument. I used point per game because that was the only fucking thing I could do. Now look what you did, John. Now I have to edit. Asshole. Please, no, just <laughs> damn it. Um. Yeah, I mean, we were talking about quarterback finishes and uh, points per game does absolutely nothing uh, in terms of finishes. Uh. I, what I will say is, to me, points per game is actually far more compelling than how a quarterback actually finishes the season. So I think that that's probably the part that we need to talk about going forward. Um, I, so just just to, to let's let's bring us bring us back a little bit here. 
let's avoid a total fucking total blowout. Now I have to edit again. Uh, just for argument's sake, um, we can put Aaron Rodgers in a tier with Matt Ryan, Kirk Cousins, Matt Stafford. Let me ask you about a couple guys ahead of Aaron Rodgers right now. Who do you feel better about, Aaron Rodgers or Baker Mayfield? Rodgers. Okay. Because um, I, I mean, Baker has not demonstrated a ceiling whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Kyler Murray. I his it's just his rushing. Like his rushing. Mm-hmm is the only thing that makes me hesitate. Like if it was Kyler Murray as a passer versus Aaron Rodgers as a passer, I'm taking Aaron Rodgers because of the, the relatively high floor we have. But I Mm -hmm. I think I got to stick with Kyler just because he's going to give you 400 plus rushing yards every season. Yeah. Okay. Um, So I guess probably same thing with Josh Allen. Yeah. I I think I got to stick with Josh Allen because he run for 500 plus yards in back-to-back seasons. I, I think, I think Rodgers, right now i mean at the at the highest i would have him is probably qb10 okay um that's too low but that's fine uh let's let's just well, get to it. So, i mean i i guess i get you with kyler and joe burrow right now but yeah like other and baker so that puts him at qb8 if if i eliminate those three so yeah. outside of that or those three where i mean where else do you have him because you're not going to make an argument for Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, Russ Wilson. Probably right. not Dak. I'm sure you have Carson Wentz above him. Um, so you I, don't have Josh Allen above him because of the, that. So QB7 is probably the highest you have him right now? Well, I, I still have him ahead of <laughs> – I, I, I don't want to say. I don't want to – No, ahead of who? No, I'm not – I'm no, not gonna... it entertaining, John, ahead of who? I've got him ahead of Dak. Are you? <laughs> yes. Yes, I am. <laughs> I've got him ahead of Dak because we've seen it far more often from Aaron Rodgers. We've okay, seen we've went- seen him get to that ceiling. Okay, what was Dak's ceiling? What's Dak's ceiling right now? Do you think? I mean, he's he's got quarterback one overall upside. Okay. That, but he, he hasn't been there. You honestly think Aaron Rodgers has that upside? Yes. You yes, honestly, you yes. in good faith can make the argument that Aaron Rodgers can still be the QB one at the end of a fantasy season. Yes. Yes, I can. Yeah. I mean, he's 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 the best pure passer in the league. He's what? Yeah, you heard me. He's the best pure passer in the league. In what league? In the NFL. Is this is- a league that includes Patrick Mahomes? Yes. Patrick Mahomes is far more athletic. He's got a stronger arm. He's he's what? He yeah, he's, not, he's you don't have a good argument here. It's not a good argument. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers is more accurate than than Patrick Mahomes. There it is. I don't know. I don't know what else to tell you. Right. By the way, Dak Dak last year, 4,900 yards, 30 touchdowns. So mm-hmm. I, I don't like I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I, I, I don't know either. I mean, we've we've seen we've seen Aaron Rodgers get to that quarterback one overall, and when we've seen him time that he did that. Well, I mean, the last time that he was healthy with a consistent system. Oh, Jesus Christ! 
<laughs> no. um, this context does matter matter but i i don't know we like i said we we don't really have time to <laughs> it's so i mean how do you have him ahead of Dak? because he's been ahead of he he's been the quarterback one four times he's been a top two quarterback you're, six you're times the glory you're like that stupid high school guy or, or the the guy who's 30 wears his high school letterman's jacket mm-hmm. you remember that time we won the goddamn football championship in high school yeah that was like i don't know 15 guys or 12 years ago what are you talking about well yeah i mean it still matters it does not anymore it does not matter anymore it still matters is, is he still playing you are three years removed from that, almost four. It doesn't matter because, okay, fine. You can make the argument that he is a, a QB1. You cannot make the argument that he can still be the QB1 because guess what? He's 36 years old. He hasn't done it three three seasons. He's in a system that does not throw the ball as much. There's it, no it, argument it, you can it, that he will outperform Patrick Mahomes if both are healthy. There's no argument you can, you can make that he will perform Lamar outperform Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, Dak Prescott. There are, or Russell Wilson for that matter. You cannot make that argument as of right now. Well, yeah, I can. Well, you can make an. You hold on. You can make an <laughs> argument. It's going to be a bad argument. <laughs> it's not. No, it's it's. Because it's your it's, argument is he was QB one four times before, and it's just like, okay. But it has he hasn't been that way. He hasn't been the same quarterback for three years now. And then your argument is, well, he was injured for one of those years and then another. And it was like, well, he played 16 games in that other year. So yeah, with a with an injured with a sprained MCL at some point entire season. At some point, you need to stop moving the goalposts for Aaron Rodgers and that okay, he was injured this year. Fine, throw that year out. What about 2018? Well, he was a little bit he was a little injured that year. Well, now he's in a new system. It's yeah. not it's not happening. He's 36 years old. At some point you have to realize, okay, he's 36 years old. He's probably not as good as he once was. Mm. You, you recognize that he's not as good as he was when he was 28. Well, of course. I'm I'm at you 38, at 38 years old, I'm not as as good of a quarterback as I was at 28, but terrible comparison. <laughs> Can you make an argument that he is not as good as he was 3 years ago? Or can you can you admit that? I don't know about that. Because he's already demonstrated it. He's demonstrated it three straight years. Well, he's been he's been hurt for two years. Oh and my God. <laughs> <laughs> I can't I can't do this anymore. We got to move on. All right, let, yeah, let's let's do that. So we've got uh, let's go AFC East. Uh, let's just start with Buffalo because we know that that one's pretty solid. I mean. Anything that can make you feel better about Josh Allen, anything that they could do with that offense that would make you feel better about Josh Allen. He had two good pass catchers last year, and he still only threw for like 3,100 yards. Yeah. Like he's just not going to be the guy that's going to give you 3,500-plus yards. It's not going to happen. But because he can run the ball, he will run. He's like Cam Newton in that he's a big guy who can run the ball, run for 500-plus yards, and he will get you rushing touchdowns. That's his upside. I mean, John Brown looked great with him, and I think that was a perfect fit because of the long arm, and you basically just chuck it up and let John Brown um, track it down. Cole Beasley was another good one where you he, he doesn't have to be as, like, super accurate deep downfield. Like, you have a short, short um, 
yards per per attempt to Cole Beasley, and he looked good there. But other than that, like it's just one of those things where he's just not going to be super accurate. He's not going to throw for a ton of yards. So really the only pass catcher I really want there is Josh Allen. Or not Josh Allen, but uh, sorry, John Brown. Yeah. Or whomever the deep threat there because you can just chuck it up. I mean, what if they drafted somebody? They, they've they've actually been uh, – uh, this 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 guy's a little bit persona non grata at this point, but they've been kind of linked to Lavishka Chenault. I, I know that he's somebody that you've been high on for you know well, over a year now. So Lavishka Chenault's super raw. Like He's more athletic than anything. Mm-hmm. And I I view him more as like a Debo Samuel type, not yeah. not as good as a pat of a pass catcher, but like you know the he can run the ball. He's more of a gadget player, mm-hmm. um, and I would I would think that that's how they use them. But I still wouldn't feel great about Lavisca Chenault because mm-hmm. again he's not they're not going to throw the ball a ton with Josh Allen. They're not, he's just not going to complete that many passes. Mm-hmm. So I think any pass catcher that goes to Buffalo is has limited upside. Do I feel better? With LaVisca Chenault, John Brown, and Cole Beasley, sure. I mean, I would feel decent about that. Um, and maybe maybe Josh Allen gets a couple more um, passing touchdowns, a couple hundred more yards passing, and he can be a top-five quarterback. But I think I think the jo- you want Josh Allen and you want one of the pass catchers. I, well, Cole Beasley actually was not bad, but I don't think you feel good about like a rookie wide receiver going there. Yeah. All right, Sam Darnold, he's got a safe uh, – I, I mean, he owns that job at 22 years old. He I just has Adam Gase. So. Yeah, I just can't do it with Adam Gase. Like, and, that and, dude is like quarterback kryptonite because look at what Ryan Tannehill did last year without Adam Gase. Yeah. I, I mean, Darnold – I mean, yes, the, the, the issue with Darnold is he's been – he's missed long – long or he's had long absences in both seasons so it's not like we've gotten a good look at him like in 2018 when he came back from his injury which i believe was an arm injury was it an arm injury now i can't remember yeah yeah i don't remember now either but regardless he came back from that injury and looked great and then looked mediocre at best to start the season last season, got the mono, got the kissing disease, came back and looked okay. So I just don't – he's been inconsistent in the time we've seen him, but we haven't seen him for a consistent amount of time, so I don't know. But Adam Gase makes me want to like – it's just like what is going on there? And then not to mention they don't have any pass catchers. Yeah, Rob, losing Anderson, Robbie Anderson. I don't know what's going on with Quincy Anunua in his neck. Uh Jamison Crowder was flashed at points, but other than that, who else do they have? I mean, Chris Herndon, I think we all thought was going to be a great tight end, didn't do anything last year. Ryan Griffin caught touchdowns, but other than that, wasn't worth anything. Um, who else? I mean, Le'Veon be gone yeah. at this season because, I mean, Gase didn't want him. So where are his pass catchers? So while you can feel great about – Sam Darnold, I, I'd be buying him right now because right now his ADP Super is depressed. QB, yeah. QB 19 right now, and it might get worse after this year. But he has shown the flashes to me. He has the arm talent. Um, 
I think over the next two years, like is a buying window for Sam Darnold because at some point they either have to get rid of Adam Gase or they have to add weapons for him to, for him to succeed. So while I, I probably don't buy him right now, but if, or uh, if you have, if you want, are looking for a QB two, but if he's like a QB three for you in Superflex, I'd do that in a heartbeat. Yeah. Uh, we're probably going to run some, uh, well, we're, we're for sure going to run some super flex mocks uh, to form the March ADP here pretty soon. I think Sam Darnold's going to fall even farther from 19. Uh, below him right now, Drew Locke, Ryan Tannehill. Right. Oh, I absolutely agree with that. You know, I mean, Cam, Cam Newton, who's uh, probably going to start to creep back up for some people. Right. So, I mean, if Tannehill, I think right now Tannehill's depressed because he doesn't necessarily have a landing spot. Cam Newton is we're uncertain about once Justin Herbert gets a landing spot, I'm sure we'll see him climb Garner Minshew. I know now because of the Nick Foles news that they're trying to trade him. Garner Minshew will climb because he's very much the starter. Tom Brady. uh, That's probably where we'll see him is probably past 25. Yep. I mean, he could see him. It, at QB 25, which means his value is way down, which means yeah. you should be buying him again, yeah. not at your QB two. You should be buying him if you're in a rebuild or if you have two QBs ahead of him that you feel confident in and he can be your QB three. What's his ceiling? His ceiling QB one right now. Um, a QB one, a, a QB one, not the QB one. Okay. He, I, I don't ever, unless they're like a, the top passer in the league like Aaron Rodgers was, <laughs> was, and still or, or, again. or they have a rushing floor, then yeah. you, I, I just can't predict a QB one season from just pure passers. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Um, those are, those are the guys that I feel the most comfortable with as far as, you know, sneaking into that, that low end QB one range. Um, but Darnold, without it, without the weapons and with Adam Gase calling the plays, it feels to me like I I don't see a way for him to make it out of the QB two range. I I just uh, I just I, don't I, see it. I think arm talent enough that I think he can make it work because like we saw with him and Robbie Anderson at the end of 2018 in particular that if he has a competent if he has competent pass catchers, especially a deep pass catcher, he can make it work. Yeah, I just. I agree. Like it's it, it's one of those. What's his ceiling? His ceiling can be a QB can be a QB one. What do I think he will do? I think he'll be a middle pack QB two. Yeah. What he has going for him, by the way, is two years of experience, despite the fact that he's younger than Joe Burrow. <laughs> so, uh, you know, he's he's had those free couple of years here. So, um, you know, he's he's still on track to hit that breakout age. He just gets an extra two years to to get there. Um, I feel like Sam Darnold's window will be when he gets out from under either, either Adam Gase or the New York. Yeah. Yeah. So it is a great time to buy. And and, I mean, you just can't expect anything out of him. So like you said, rebuild would be a a great situation for Darnold where you have kind of the luxury to sit back and wait for this to happen because that, that new cycle is going to shoot him through the freaking roof. Um, Miami. Ryan Fitzpatrick, look, I mean, they're pretty committed to Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, he's the bridge to something. I'm not totally sure what. I mean, it kind of looks like maybe Tua, uh, Justin Herbert, Jordan Love. Those guys could be in play. Josh Rosen's still there. He could be 
Maybe they think that, you know, they got him with a second round pick last year. Uh, they traded for him and, and maybe they feel like he's still the future. Uh, they've, you know, they've got him pretty cheap. The problem is you don't get that rookie contract with, with Josh Rosen. I mean, he's, you know, year three here, like it's, it's pretty much decision time, but, uh, for the moment, it looks like Ryan Fitzpatrick is probably going to get the, the role for most of the year. Um, like you said, there's kind of not a whole lot of reason to throw anybody else out there, especially if you did end up with a Tua, but, you know, with the, with the injury concerns, but even, you know, a, a more raw passer like Jordan Love, it, 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 it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to, to throw him out there too early. So Ryan Fitzpatrick is the guy for Miami for all intents and purposes for at least for most of 2020. What does it do to the weapons? I think that's the big question here. Uh, Preston Williams coming back, Devontae Parker, uh, you know, his, a lot of his breakout breakout came after Preston Williams went down with the ACL tear. So um, I, I, I think the question is really, can Ryan Fitzpatrick support, you know, more than one uh, fantasy relevant pass catcher? Um, we're also looking for a breakout from Mike Jasicki too. So, you know, there's, there's a lot to do for Ryan Fitzpatrick. I think it a lot depend. a lot of it depends on what they do at running back. Cause if they don't have a running game again, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I think he made, I, he, he supported both Preston Williams and, uh, Devonte Parker last year. I mean, Preston Williams through nine games, now I have to look this up, but. Um, I, I, I really like Preston Williams going into the season because his value is depressed because of the injury. Yep. Um, but through, sorry, eight games, seven games as a starter, he had 428 yards and three touchdowns. So, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously you can't say extending that out to a 16. I mean, we can't project it out to a 16-game season. That's not accurate. But 16-game season, he has 64, 64 receptions for um, almost 900 yards and six touchdowns, which – uh, I mean, for a rookie with, I guess, questionable background, he had a, he was having a great season. Um, obviously, Devontae Parker finally had that rare 50-year breakout. So I, I think he can support at least two weapons. Uh, the, the wild card, obviously, here is Mike Gesicki. He definitely showed his athleticism, showed some flashes. If they don't have a running game, I definitely think Mike Gesicki comes into play here where you need to be buying Mike. I think you need to be buying Mike Gesicki anyway, but I think he is kind of that tight end break, a three-year, third-year breakout. He had five touchdowns, 570 yards. Um, So the answer is depends. Like I like Ryan Fitzpatrick as like a QB2, QB3 type in in Superflex this year, uh, but – his weapons, like I do like Preston Williams. I think you need to buy Preston Williams. I think Devontae Parker probably regresses a bit, but he's still the wide receiver one there. So does Mike Gesicki take on that or part of what we're missing from Devontae Parker? Um, if they have a run, if they don't have a run game, I think Mike Gesicki play, is in play more. If they do have a run game, it's it'll be iffy with Mike Gesicki. Yeah. If uh, if we got that breakout from G- from Gesicki plus you know uh, Preston Williams returns to form, uh, Devonte Parker 
keeps doing, you know, that if that breakout continues on that, that same trajectory, I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, where's he at right now? Um, quarterback 34. He he which, could be a QB one. Yeah. Yeah. If he, if, if he supports all those guys, I don't know how he doesn't, you know, at least, you know, high end quarterback too. He would have to, um, yeah, especially yeah, I, without a, a credible running game. I mean, I think he's a QB two regardless this season. Yeah. Cause he's kind of, he's gotten to a point where he's like not fighting anymore where he's like, I'm just the guy who comes in and is like the substitute starter for two years or one or two years. I'm fine. Whatever. He's making millions of dollars. He's like, I'm just going to screw it. I'm just going to chuck up the ball here. Um, but yeah, I think he's, his floor is like mid QB two, honestly, like just because of that, that's how he throws it. He's kind of like Jameis, a smarter Jameis Winston, really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, doesn't steal crab legs. Doesn't <laughs> do stupid stuff in Ubers. Yeah. Doesn't throw quite so many interceptions. That's a big thing for yeah, me. Right. Actually gives you a chance to win some games. Um, so the Patriots, we're going to have to push them off. Uh, for the time being, because their quarterback situation is completely unsettled. And it's real bad. Like, it's Jarrett Stidham and Cody Kessler. Yeah. Brian Weir, is he still? No, he was with the Colts. So, so I am telling, like, I'm writing an article about second-year wide receivers and why uh, Nikhil Harry is an obvious one to buy and is is obvious to break out. But the caveat being that they need to find a quarterback because the only two that are on the roster at this point only signed are those two. And it's like if you if they're expecting Jarrett to come in and start, it's it's a nightmare. But yeah. I think a guy like Teddy Bridgewater would be a perfect fit there. Yeah. It just feels like such a Patriots move to just go with Jared Stidham. Like they they get a little too yeah. cute sometimes with some of this stuff. So the and the whole idea that like the it's the system, not the player. Um, you know, we can we can win with anyone. We did it with Garoppolo, we did it with Brissett. Obviously, we've done it with Brady. You know, it doesn't matter who we put out there, they're going to win. So like that's that's kind of the back I to just, that hubris word. I can't imagine that with that defense and with Bell Belichick that they don't sign a quarterback like even just bring back Jacoby Brissett, yeah, or or sign Teddy Bridgewater because they don't need that. Pre- I mean, Tom Brady was it hasn't been a premier quarterback like a top end quarterback for the last couple few seasons. They don't need that. They just need a game manager who's not going to turn the ball over. And I think. Brissett's maybe in the in this system might be different, but Teddy Bridgewater is definitely that kind of type of quarterback. Yeah, agreed. Uh, NFC East. Um, I mean, let's let's go ahead and start with the Cowboys, even though that one technically is unsettled. But I, he's going to be franchised. Y- yeah, he gets franchise tagged if nothing else. Um, um, Dak Prescott goes is back. I mean, does he need Amari Cooper for you to to feel good about him, or is he? I mean, it sounds like you've got him kind of top five range. Yeah, I think he's a top five dynasty uh, quarterback right now. Yeah. Does, um, does he need Amari Cooper for that? I think so. But if you get a guy like CeeDee Lamb in there, I think you're he's fine. Yeah. Michael Gallup took a step forward last year over 1,100 yards. Um, I think Michael Gallup is better as a complement to a possession wide receiver um, like, like Amari Cooper. But if they can bring – if they either sign Amari Cooper or bring in like – or 
because well, this free agency class is terrible. But if they bring, if they are able to get somebody like C.D. Lamb, Dallas or uh, or uh, Dak Prescott's going to be fine. Plus, plus he's in a passer friendly offense with Mike McCarthy. They better re-sign Amari. <laughs> they're, they need to. I, I, they really do need to. But the the point be, the point is, if you franchise Dak, you have to have you have to sign Amari. Yeah, I yeah I think so too. I mean, there's just there's nobody else available in free agency. It's a deep wide receiver class in this in this draft. But I mean, I don't think that you're gonna. I, I don't think C.D. Lamb's gonna be there for him. I kind of don't think Jerry Judy's gonna be there for him. So. I mean, it, it, it from there. Do you do you feel good about T. Higgins? Like, do you feel good about um, the, the interesting one is Jalen Rager because I think he could be like the next DJ Moore type, really uh, for for Dallas, which I think would be fantastic because then you have a guy in Michael Gallup who can take the top off, but then you have Jalen Rager who is a yak a, a yak guy who had, who produced with terrible quarterbacks. Um, so I, but I mean, I, the point still stands. They need Amari Cooper. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of no reason to get that deal done, but if they don't just hypothetically, uh, does, does Dak fall in your rankings? And if so, how far? Um, I mean, I, God, it, that that's tough. I, I think he has to, but to where is one of those things where it's like, it's probably just a couple spots. Right? I, I don't like, even, I don't even know if I could do it. Like, Honestly, because like, the way I look at it is like there's Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, small space, Deshaun Watson, small space, Russell Wilson, small space, Dak Prescott, and then large Canyon <laughs> to really? the next to the next set of guys for me. Like, I See, think I think the difference between the between five and five and let's just say 12 is much larger than the difference between one and five for me. Yeah, I think that's that's definitely fair to say. Uh, but I will say, and I'll I'll throw out Aaron Rodgers for very obvious reasons. But Carson Wentz is kind of in that range for me too. And I mean, the 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 hypothetical out there is if Amari Cooper were to leave Dallas, he goes to Philadelphia. So you know, not only does Dak lose Amari Cooper in <laughs> that, that scenario, worst. but then Carson Wentz gets Amari Cooper. I so you know, for me, Carson Wentz would absolutely jump ahead of Dak Prescott. And you know, in that type of scenario, and and that's fair. I mean, I I feel better about Dak because Dak has been extremely consistent, like getting better basically year after year, been consistently top ten, mm-hmm. um, and then took that leap. Whereas like Carson Wentz has had the injuries, and he's kind of, I mean, he hasn't bounced like considerably, but he went from what like his uh, MVP season in twenty seventeen or close to MVP was that twenty seventeen. Yep. And then 2018, he came back and that was his post ACL. So it was like, we weren't expecting a lot and he kind of is hovering on the back end of QB one territory. So it's like, well, can he reach back? Of course, if he gets, if he gets wide receivers, sure. You probably have to move him up as well. Yeah. Speaking so we can move (laughs) on to Carson Wentz here. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and that, that mostly covers it. I mean, for me, I, I I get the injury thing. Like that's kind of been the the big issue. Although, I mean, he mostly stayed healthy through through 2019. Like yeah. he missed a little bit of time, um, but it wasn't significant. It wasn't significant injuries. He just had nothing. He had no one to throw to uh, throughout most of the season. It was 
I mean, Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard and the running backs. And he, and he was QB eight last season as well. So, yeah. So yeah, he's, he's staying consistent and that's, you know, we, we've seen the ability to get to that, that high ceiling. And yeah. You know, so the, he, the really interesting part here is, well, I, I guess we don't have to worry about the near uh, the um, future, but Zach Ertz dead cap hit, um, after 20, 2020 is $5 million cheaper than his cap hit. So it'd be interesting to see what happens in 2020 or after 2020. But right now, yeah, I mean, Carson Wentz, you, you have two, I, I would say top 10 tight ends on your team. So you have those two pass catchers. You just need, I think, that reliable wide receiver. Yeah. God, just give him one. Give him a, one actual wide receiver so that Josh McCown doesn't have to run routes. And it, you know, it forget the talent. Just get some actual wide receivers out there, and I'd I'd be happy. But I mean, I think just just you know, by extension, he's he's going to end up with a much better receiving core than he's had uh, the last couple of years. Um, it, you know, so it, going at quarterback nine right now, that's way too low for me. Like I I've still I would absolutely put him ahead of Kyler Murray. I think that he's a lot more consistent. Like it's just the injury concerns and the fact that right now he doesn't have a wide receiving core. Uh, that's that to me, that's yeah. like the, that's the entire knock against Carson Wentz right now. And again, he stayed healthy in 2019. He's going to get wide receivers. Like they don't have a choice other than to bring in some guys. Well, and the issue with that though, is who, because like Stephon we talked Diggs. about, <laughs> that they they probably need to do that but yeah there's i mean the free agency class at wide receiver is atrocious right um so they need to at least draft one wide receiver i still have hope for jj arthego whiteside um yeah. because he was good at usd i it, he just didn't have a good rookie year which what rookie wide receiver people who lose hope about rookie wide receivers drive me crazy like it's what yeah. rookie wide receivers break out? Like there's not a high percentage. Whereas like the second year wide receivers, they have a 29% chance or something of breakouts and their third year wide receivers have a 27% chance. So why are you, why is the value dropping on these rookie wide receivers? Why are you trading away guys going into their second season after a bad rookie season? Like it doesn't make any semblance of sense, especially in dynasty. Like it's just and, like one of those things where they're 21 years old. They're still learning the position. It's ugh, what I can't. And, and with, with, you know, with, uh, with Sega and um, you know, we talked about Hakeem Butler in, in part one, like these are guys like not only it, it wasn't even a bad rookie year. It was just like a, a pretty much non-existent rookie year where they weren't really on the field all that much. They weren't running a lot of routes. They were definitely not getting targeted a whole lot. They were just kind of learning the playbook and, and uh, you know, that it, it, we didn't even see like it, any evidence that these guys can't catch the ball, can't create separation, you know, uh, uh, Butler obviously misses season with uh, with the injury, but you know, in the in the case of Sega, it's it's not like he was just dropping a bunch of passes. It's not like he was running the wrong routes, anything like that. He just he just wasn't really a part of the offense, and it was because he was a rookie. Yeah, it's way too early to give up on a guy like that. Um, let's see, Dwayne Haskins. I guess we have to talk about him. 
Um, even though, I mean, this is, this is, it's very similar to Baker, except for the fact that we have seen almost nothing from Dwayne Haskins at this point. Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, we just we just don't know you know what what this is going to be what he's going to look like the wide receiving group doesn't look uh, it 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 doesn't look very good um you know the the offensive line takes a hit uh your star running back just i mean can he stay on the field <laughs> like there's there's kind of a lot keeping Dwayne Haskins down uh, uh, to me, there's value in the in the fact that he's, you know, pretty solidly a starting NFL quarterback. But uh, you know, so quarterback twenty five overall. I mean, do you think to you should he move up or down? I, I mean, the only reason he's where he is at is because of his age, and it was his rookie season. Like, yeah. I would much rather have Gardner Minshew. I would much rather have Derek Carr at this point because I still think that Derek Carr could be a, a starter in this league. I'd much rather have Ben Roethlisberger. Give me Teddy Bridgewater. I just uh, – he looked so bad last year. <laughs> the yeah. only the only saving grace for me with Dwayne Haskins is that he's basically only had one year as a starter before this, and he excelled at OSU. Now, he had Paris Campbell who – made him look fantastic because all he was doing was short th- throwing short throws. The the thing is he's not mobile. His offensive line's not great right now because it likely they're losing their the left tackle um t- Trent Williams. Yep. Uh he doesn't really have a running game at this point because I mean do you really trust Darius Geis to stay healthy with those knees? Bryce Love had an ACL tear which I think Bryce Love is a buy right now because of yeah. the Garrett Darius Geis knee injuries. Adrian Peterson's 30, what, five? Mm-hmm. And while he has been relatively effective, you can't really trust that. So it's it's a bad offense right now, and they're in rebuild. So it's one of those things where I I get taking him because let's see if he, he builds on something. I mean, and he has um, Scary Terry over there, but – not much else in terms of pass catchers either. I mean, people, I think Kelvin Harmon's probably a decent buy because you can get him for really cheap because of what his um, draft capital was, but it's, it's a bad situation in Washington. They're not going to be good for a while. Um, yeah. So I, I just don't know. Is it, is it one of those things where it's like, yeah, Haskins is going to be a stash on your bench until they, they get some people around him to make it work, but he needs a good offensive line because he's just not noble. Yeah, this is this is one of those things where this may never get off the, the runway. This could be, you know, this this could easily be one of those situations where, you know, you just keep hoping and hoping for that breakout and finally they give up and and try again in the draft and get it wrong again. Like I mean, that's especially with Washington. That's a. The, the interesting part for me is like we hear about um, was it are, are the Lions the second pick or are they the third pick? Uh, Lions have the third pick. Washington's number two. So the the interesting part for me is there was some some talk about trade mm-hmm. um, from the third to the second pick. And I was wondering what that was. And I wonder if they it's a move back thing where um, where the Detroit wants to get chase young and 
Washington's okay with moving on. And if they're okay with moving on, then moving away from Chase Young, then that means they probably are looking at like a, a quarterback, right? To me, after what they saw from Dwayne Haskins. And so is it a Josh Rosen type of situation? Yeah. I mean, that's pure we, speculation. I, there's, I have no, no evidence behind it, but it's just one of those things where it's like, why would you talk about moving up one pick? And is it because Washington's okay with moving away from Chase Young or what? Right. Yeah, which, by the way, I mean, I I personally believe that NFL teams should should do, you know, exactly this. Like, you know, you took Dwayne Haskins early last year. Now you take Tua with a second overall pick this year. Like, But you let those two compete. Like, there's no reason why, you know, you have to necessarily move on from Dwayne Haskins. You, you just keep oh, trying to, like, until you find that franchise guy, there's absolutely no reason to to take anybody out out of contention ever, and there's no reason to stop drafting them. Um, but if they're not going to do that, because that's not a move that NFL teams make ever, then I I don't see why you wouldn't just stay put and take Chase Young. I yeah I agree. I mean, I just they really should not have gone with Dwayne Haskins to me because yeah. of how they're built. Like they don't have a path right now. Like the AFC or NFC East while ultra competitive has like still you're you're getting like 9 and 7 teams winning the division. So you can make one move for Washington and it and it becomes a you can become a contender in the AFC NFC East, but outside of that there there's just no path forward for them in terms of winning a Super Bowl in my mind. So really what they should have done is go with a they should have stuck with Keenum. Um, should have stuck with Alex Smith, though he's he's injured. Should have stuck with Colt McCoy. Rebuilt with pieces like the offensive line, um, with pass catchers, and then gone in with a running back and a quarterback and done it that way. But I'm just I'm just a fan who thinks they know better than most GMs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's why we do what we do. Um, one last guy in the NFC East, Daniel Jones. And uh, I mean, I like I feel like he's his ADP is fine. Quarterback 12. I mean, maybe a little high. Uh, but I mean, we saw we saw the ability. We saw, you know, a pretty high ceiling, I think. Um, no idea what the floor is necessarily. I, I just I think I have one very simple question for you when it comes to Daniel Jones. So we talked about Drew Locke being that second-year quarterback breakout. Why not Daniel Jones? Because he lost his quarterback coach and his offensive coordinator or his head coach. They went to the Broncos. That's why – Like, Yeah. <laughs> I, I, the reason I like Drew Locke is because of what those two have done together over the past few years. Um, they made Sam Bradford look good. They made Case Keenum look good. They made Daniel Jones look look good or better than than a lot of people expected last year. So that's why I like Drew Locke a lot because I think the offense caters to a passer. Um, Mike Shula seems like he's done wonders as a quarterback coach. And now Daniel Jones is having to learn a new system um, in, 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 uh, with Joe Judge. Yeah. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, I believe so. The uh, so he he was uh, Patriots 
one of their position coaches, I think tight ends, maybe oh, right. <laughs> we're, we're, we're just, I'm, I'm not going to look it up. I don't know about you. I'm just going to right now. It's that's wild to me. Yeah. He, he, he would, he was a special teams coordinator and wide receivers coach for there the Patriots. Go. There you go. Yeah. So, I mean, depending on who he brings in as, or I, this tells you how, how much I, I kept up, but, uh, I need to look up the New York Giants coaching staff because I've never heard of these goddamn people. <laughs> like who? <laughs> uh, Joe Judge announces full coaching staff. We're going to read as we're on air. <laughs> so literally, who would you rather have, Drew Locke or Daniel Jones? Drew Locke. Not close. Not close. Okay. Um, like the situation, I mean, the situations or the situation for Drew Locke is so much better. Yeah. Because you brought in Pat Shermer, who is a is a good offensive coordinator. You brought in Mike Shula, who has proven to be a good quarterbacks coach. Um, you have better weapons around you. Because who would you rather have? Would you rather have Sterling Shar or uh, Sterling Shepard, Golden Tate, and Evan Ingram, or would you have Cortland Sutton, um, Noah Noah Fant, and what we'll say we'll say Tim Patrick for the time being, but probably likely a, a, a top end rookie wide receiver like like Jerry Judy, yeah, yeah, or Henry. Like it's not close for me. So like yes, you have Saquon and that's great, but that's all you. I mean, and Evan Ingram, but that's all you really have that like scary, like is scary good. Whereas the Broncos have Philip Lindsay with back to back one thousand yard seasons, which uh, guess who hasn't done that. Saquon, Saquon Barkley. Um, <laughs> that's for you, Brian. Um, and and you're Cortland Sutton, who took a monster step last year, and he is his ceiling is above and beyond any any pass catcher for the Giants. No fans' ceiling, I believe personally, is bit better than Evan Ingram's. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, and, and I trust Drew Locke more than I trust Daniel Jones, and they have a better coaching staff. I feel. Of course, I don't necessarily know the coaching staff right now of the Giants, but um, oh, well, look at this. Jared Jared Shaplinski is uh, the quarterbacks coach uh, for the who was the quarter assistant quarterbacks co- coach for the uh, Dolphins in 2019. Um, now I'm still looking for the offensive coordinator. Oh, it's Jason Garrett. Do you, <laughs> nice. do you really want that? Do you really want Jason Garrett? as your offensive coordinator with Daniel Jones? I don't think so. That I honestly that's the most exciting part about that that coaching staff to me. Jason I think Garrett? Jason, Jason Garrett could very well be like the Wade Phillips of the offensive side where you know horrible head coach, excellent coordinator. But, you know, uh, we'll, we'll see. What still stands is the the talent around Drew Locke is better than Daniel Jones. I think Drew Locke's oh, yeah. a better quarterback than Daniel Jones. So I, it's just like, I'm fine with Daniel Jones. I'm not fine with Daniel Jones where he's going. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, a whole two round difference in ADP, by the way. Um, Cause Daniel and- Jones is going above Derek, Jared Goff. He's going above Matt Ryan, Kirk cousins, Matt Stafford, Jameis Winston. I like, I can't, I can't get behind that. Ryan Tannehill. Yeah. And I, I think that it is people kind of chasing, you know, we talked about this with Kyler Murray, people kind of chasing that second year breakout and, I just don't think it's going to be as obvious as, you know, one of those high first round picks. So, um, yeah, I, I, I tend to agree. I mean, I, I, yeah, yeah, I think we're good. Uh, we've got one more set of divisions here. 
Um, we'll try and run through these kind of quick. And, and we've got a lot of uh, free agent situations that um, we can get to next week um, here. So let's we'll start in the AFC. Uh, the Colts, that one's, you know, that one's unsettled. The Titans is actually unsettled, believe that it or Col- not. That Colts one I'm, is very intriguing because with yeah. T.Y. Hilton and with Paris Campbell coming back, like you have two, I feel, legitimate wide receivers right there that I think are underrated at this point. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the Titans, that one, interestingly enough, is unsettled. So we're going to have to leave that one alone for the moment. Yeah, if they don't bring Tannehill back and they somehow – and the rumor is they're in on Brady, yep. I I don't know what they're doing because do you really think Tom Brady is better at this point than Ryan Tannehill? Like, and, and I understand we're going off of a, what, a nine-game sample size from Tannehill, but yeah. he led them to the playoffs. So to me, it's you sign Tannehill, you franchise Derrick Henry, and try and win it next year because you have a a decent defense. You have a fantastic running game. If Tannehill is the same Tannehill we saw last year, and you have A.J. Brown in another year, you have um, Jonu Smith coming in and probably should be the starter and showed flashes. And if somehow Corey Davis can give you – is it fourth year now? A fourth year breakout. Like you look pretty good in the AFC next year. Right. I don't think Tom Brady for $30 million a year is going to help you at, at any point. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, it sounds like it's just the idea that Tom Brady has beat the Kansas city chiefs before, which is something that Ryan Tannehill was not able to do in Kansas city. I I, I don't know. But they were winning. They were, I think it was 17 to three or something like that. Right. So there's, there's not a whole lot you can do about that. Matt, I mean, Matt or, uh, Ugh. Patrick Mahomes is is the best quarterback in the league right now. It's going to be hard to beat him. He's going right. to make comebacks. He's going to make second half adjustments. You just have to have the right play calling and the right just like things to break your way to beat the Chiefs right now. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I, I don't know that Tom Brady's capable of doing that any more than Ryan Tannehill is. Ryan Tannehill went into Foxborough and beat Tom Brady. So what I if- don't. Tom Brady is a system quarterback. What if he is? Like, I still think he's he's one of the best of all time. But what if he he goes into a different system and he doesn't necessarily struggle, but he's definitely not the same quarterback that he was? What if that is the case? Yeah, yeah, very possible. Um, likely, even at this point, I would say. Uh, so yeah, I, maybe we can leave it at that. Actually, we can, we'll take the Titans off of the list of teams that are, that are looking for a quarterback because it, it, it really doesn't make sense for them to let Tannehill escape. I don't know why they haven't already signed him to a contract. In fact, I, I know that he wants to get to free agency. I don't know why you would let him, but, uh, let's see. So Colts, Titans, Houston, I mean, Deshaun Watson to me is, is the quarterback two in dynasty still? Um, I know that you don't agree with that part, but I think that we're close. Oh, I don't. Like, I I don't think like like I said, from one to five, there's just not a big gap between one through five for me. Really? So I mean, yeah, I don't think you can make the the argument that Dak is is the number one. I don't think you can make the Russ is the number one. But between the so top, more like more like two to five. Real and but it, but it's not even a huge gap from one to two and two to three. It's like really? I, I think one through three, there are arguments for 
number one. I think I, I think everybody's on board, like 99% of people did that. Patrick Mahomes is number one, but you can flip two and three pretty easily. Yeah. But really, I think you can make an argument for all three being the number one quarterback in the league. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, it, yeah, I mean, I and I honestly don't see any any scenario where uh, you know, we feel any better or any worse about Deshaun Watson, you know, by the start I mean, of the season yeah, than we do right now. There, there might be minute differences. Like if he gets a a legit, like let's just say gets Austin Hooper, I think you feel a little bit better because now you have that legitimate second pass catcher. Because mm-hmm. with Will Fuller, it's still a question of whether he's going to be on the field or not. Yeah. Um, but if you had Will Fuller healthy of DeAndre Hopkins and you have a guy in Austin Hooper who can catch touchdowns and, and, and kind of be that guy in the middle of the field you can trust, I think you feel pretty good about Dejon Watson. But it's a minute change. It's not like, oh, my God, I feel he's the number one quarterback in the league because of that change. So, yes, like he's yeah. still the number quarterback Um, that's the thing you get it you get a credible running game you know it's still not going to push for me it's not going to push Deshaun Watson ahead of Pat Mahomes like I just I can't imagine a scenario where I'm at 101 and I'm taking Deshaun Watson over Pat Mahomes and I I really don't care you know trade Odell Beckham Jr. to Houston I'm still taking Mahomes over Watson um so yeah that uh, so jacksonville i guess is our last one we can get there real quick gardner Minshew officially has that starting job at this point now they're shopping nick Foles. um uh, gardner Minshew going at quarterback 26 below dwayne haskins below justin herbert um i think, below I think if we redo this now i think gardner goes uh, probably up where i think drew Locke needs to jump up personally i think ryan Tannehill needs to jump up personally but i think you're probably talking a top 20 quarterback at this point um, yeah. with all those what's his ceiling i a qb1 i mean there were points last year where he looked like that um hmm. okay with with the pass catchers that they have uh dj chark um dd westbrook and then if they can i i think josh oliver can be a good tight end in this league he just needs to be healthy um, and then you have Leonard Fournette catching passes. I think like back in QB one's probably a ceiling, but you're probably looking more at like mid QB two. Yeah. Okay. Um, so then uh, on to the NFC South, I guess that's all we have left and we can take Tampa Bay out of the equation for the moment. Uh, they're yep. unsettled. But um, any, anybody like here's the, here's the interesting part for Tampa Bay is I think, if it's anybody but Jameis Winston, those wide receivers take a hit. Yeah. But the quarterback gets a boost. Yeah. Because of those wide receivers. So that that's the interesting part is you like the quarterback in Tampa. You don't necessarily love the 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 uh, you love the wide receiver. Like you're not gonna be like, okay, yeah, they're dropping out of the top 10 for me. But Mike Evans and Chris Godwin probably take a little bit of a hit um if it's anybody but Jameis. Yeah. Yeah, it's not going to be quite as free flying, but you you know, the the fact that your your drives are going to last longer, <laughs> like that's gonna that's gonna help. So yeah, there's there's a little give and take overall. Yeah, you're, not, you're not getting the guy uh, chucking the ball down the field, but you're getting probably more accurate passes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 
Um, so Carolina, I feel like is a little unsettled right now too. Right. I mean, do we just assume that Cam Newton's going to be there or do we take them at their word that he's on his way out? I honestly think Will Greer might have a shot. Um, I liked Will Greer coming out last year. Yeah, me too. He was yeah. a top three quarterback last year. Um, yeah. So I think he could have a legitimate shot. They have rule there who, I mean, he was at Baylor and Baylor. We know Baylor since the days of Robert Griffin, the third as being a super high flying offense. Yeah. Um, so I think it's unsettled. I don't, I'm not saying Cam Newton's coming back. Cause I just don't know. I don't know if he fits in with that system, but I mean, Will Greer, an interesting piece here where it's like, Will Greer could take over there because I thought he was a good quarterback in college. So you don't think they're necessarily going to to look for their their starting quarterback in free agency? I don't. I don't. Um, you, th- you think the the starting quarterback is probably on roster? I don't know. I I I I I am saying that Will Greer has a shot. Yeah. But how many quarterbacks are out there? I can't say they're not going to look for one in free agency. Yeah. So it's it's up in the air because it can be. It can be Will Greer, it can be Cam Newton, or it can be a free agent. Like that one is a total question mark. But I think the point here for them is, and and you and I have talked about this before, is those wide receivers are basically quarterback proof at this point. Like it doesn't get worse than it was last year. DJ Moore (laughs) took a giant step backwards or backwards forwards. Curtis Samuel was ninth in air yards last year. Ahead of guys like DeAndre Hopkins, Keenan Allen. I mean, the list goes on. Stephon Diggs. He and just he's like outside the top forty in uh, in actual receiving let me, yards. Let me look at this because it, looking at player profiler, um, I, he was. God damn it! Um, he was a hundred and fifth in catchable target percentage. 100 per 101 uh, 101st in catch rate but 60th, 60th in true catch rate and 101st in target quality that's how bad he it was for him yeah um but he had he was uh 23rd in target separation um 17th in average target distance um 11th in overall target distance like he has a lot of things looking up for him he just needs to get somebody to get him the ball accurately yeah so and he was 13th in red zone receptions, by the way, as well. So you get you get Cam Newton back, you get Will Greer, you get a one of the free agents. I think Curtis Samuel is in for a post. He, he's a post hype sleeper right now. Yeah, for sure. One of my uh, yeah, favorites. DJ Moore, DJ Moore, Kurt, Christian McCaffrey, and Curtis Samuel will be good. Fine. Ian Thomas is another tight end that you should be looking at to buy as well. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Um, let's see, Atlanta. Um, I mean, you have Julio, you have Julio, Calvin you have Ridley. Cal- yeah. Does, does the loss of Austin Hooper, you know, does that bother you at all? In terms of red zone? Yes. In terms of touchdowns? Yes. But they should be getting Devonta Freeman off the books. Yep. Um, I have to think that they can probably get like a secondary option at tight end and be okay. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, and then, I mean, I guess the age is the only other question. I mean, you're, you're kind of down on Aaron Rodgers at 36. What about Matt Ryan at 34? Well, and, and I, I would say yes, but like Matt Ryan to me, hasn't shown 
the worrying trend for me with Aaron Rodgers. I mean, 4,900 yards in, in 2018, for almost 4,500 in 2019. Um, he kind of bounces around with touchdowns, 21, 38, 20, 35, 26. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's kind of been just inconsistent in general, but he's going to, I mean, he's thrown the ball over 600 times the last two years. Um, accurate. He's been accurate. I just, with Julio and Calvin Ridley, I'm just not worried about it until he shows me he is actually like on a, on a downward trajectory, which I, I feel I interpret for Aaron Rodgers. I'm mm-hmm. fine with Matt, Matt Ryan at this point. Yeah. I mean, the problem is when you're at the top of the world, it's a long ass way to fall. So oh, I, I agree. <laughs> it, 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 that's the thing with these old guys. It's like, it could be Peyton Manning. Like it could yeah. end up Peyton Manning. I don't think he's at that age yet at 34. I think he's got a couple, at least a couple more good years unless he gets injured. Yep. Uh, and they and they made some uh, additions at offensive line. I don't know if it was a good thing. I know it didn't help with the running game. I don't know if it helped with the passing game. But I'm fine with Matt Ryan for for the next couple of years. Like, I, and I'm not saying I'm not fine with Aaron Rodgers. I, I just the it's it's more how I interpret Rodgers' trajectory <laughs> versus what you interpret it as. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, all right, one last one: the New Orleans Saints. Drew Brees is back. It means Teddy Bridgewater is gone. Taysom Hill is. No, uh, I I just stop. <laughs> stop. I, I I mean, we have to talk about it. He's technically a quarterback. Yeah, yes, but everybody's <laughs> like, oh man, you could be the next. And I can't remember who they're comparing him to. Tebow. They better be saying Tebow. Like that's the I, only I, one. I that... like something like Josh Allen. I, which wow. I was like. But he's like, he's attempted single digit passes at 28 years old. I I don't think that that there's a comp. Is the gadget player like just stop? Like, like Muhammad Muhammad Sanu is probably the comp, and Muhammad Sanu has been a more accurate passer. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, it's just <laughs> one of those things where it's like I uh, he's not the backup quarterback. Like they're gonna bring somebody in. Yeah, whether that be like Jacoby Brissett or Derek Carr, they're gonna or Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton's yeah. a perfect. Yeah. Here, here's the one thing for Drew. I mean, you're going to get the numbers from Drew Brees. Drew Brees is Drew Brees. He hasn't shown effects of age whatsoever. They, they've taken the ball out of his hands a bit to run the ball. But other than that, he's, he's one of the most, or is he the most accurate passer of all time? Yeah. yeah. He's going to give you top 10 numbers probably again. He has Michael Thomas. He just needs a second. Well, I guess he has Alvin Kamara too, but he needs like that second outside pass catcher. Um, the interesting thing here is if Drew Brees gets a tight end, um, and we've been searching for that for years now after Jimmy Graham, after they traded Jimmy Graham. Uh, they tried it with Kobe Fleener, didn't work out. We have D- the postman, Dan Arnold, which, okay, fine. Uh, Jared Cook actually was decent last year, but they just need that legitimate like guy you can trust week in, week out to be the pass catcher. We every- Everybody thought it might be Traquan Smith. That didn't really work. I mean, it hasn't worked out thus far. He could definitely have a third-year breakout. Yeah. I just don't – I would love if they brought in somebody like um, like Austin Hooper. I would love that because yeah. I feel like that would be such a perfect fit there, but they need another wide receiver. Yeah. Yeah, that seems right. So what about – for dynasty purposes, how – you know, uh, 
The only reason you would have want Drew Brees is win now. Yeah. If you're if you're like that second quarterback away where you're like, okay, I need I need a second quarterback I can trust week in, week out, either trade for Drew Brees, or if you're going for like a win now in your year one, Drew Brees is a fine quarterback too. Okay. Yeah, that sounds right. Um yeah, I I I I don't know. Not much to add there. I mean, you're you might get another two years out of Drew Brees. Uh, but I think that you can count on one is, is yeah. like that. That's kind of as far as you I, can I, go. One of those things where it's like, yeah, you go year to year. It's like, I, I don't yeah. know if he's coming. Back. This is the same with Larry Fitzgerald. Is Larry Fitzgerald coming back? Oh, he's coming back. Okay. Well, we'll have him for one more year. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, I, I do think that with it, you know, Drew Brees, regardless of your situation, if you're going to roster Drew Brees, you've got to plan on just the fact that, uh, he's gonna he's gonna expire on your roster. That's just kind of yep. it, it, it. Like you said with Larry Fitzgerald, that's kind of where we're at with him. Well, I would. I mean, that's he's one of the things though. Like, I would trade a second for Drew Brees if I felt like I needed that QB two to take yep. me over the over the edge. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I guess I would do that too. So yeah, if you're not a can, if you're not a contender, you don't intend to bring Drew Brees into the season. Yeah, I I would shop him to the contenders for look for a second. Um, and and quarterback is like the only only uh, position that I'm doing that for. Yeah, because it's just like I mean Larry Fitzgerald at this point's not really worth it for me. Um, like maybe a third round pick, fine, but like in Superflex specifically, if Drew Brees is available or on a team that's not going to compete, I would I would trade my second for that because it adds a guy who's going to be a top 10 quarterback. If you already have a guy that can be, let's say you have Carson Wentz and um, I don't know, a Sam Darnold. Mm-hmm. I would pick up Drew Brees in a heartbeat because I think that gives me that second quarterback that I know can be a quarterback one weekend and week out. And yeah. that way that I have to trust Darnold in whatever shitty offense is going to be exist in New York this year. Right we broke this into two episodes and still went way over time and we didn't actually get to everything. It's a good discussion. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's important stuff. Um, I, I'd really love to get to uh, every position when it comes to this, this type of thing, this kind of confidence ranker. Um, But we still have, you know, next week we'll get to those teams with those unsettled quarterback positions. Um, you know, the, the Chargers, the Raiders, 49ers actually fall into that category. Uh, the Patriots, Colts, Buccaneers, and we'll, we could still talk about the Carolina Panthers and the Detroit Lions a little bit, I think. Um, I think they all kind of fall in. Actually, the Saints backup quarterback position also falls into that category. So, yeah. so we've got a full episode coming next week as well on this exact same topic. Uh, but for now, we're going to wrap it up for the weekend as we do that. Ask you for a quick favor. If you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also subscribe to the DLF Family of Podcasts mega feed. Get access to all the great podcasts from DLF. And once you're subscribed, if you'd give us a rating and review, not all podcatchers give you that option, but on the ones that do, those ratings and reviews help us to expand our reach, get out to a larger audience, involve more people in the conversation, from there we can really zero in on the topics that are the most useful to you the listener and in the vein of listener interaction send us your trades on twitter at superflex show you can also send them to any one of us individually stompy's at ff stompy and i'm at superflex dude 
and we can retweet them for you, help you get more votes and comments. Sometimes we even bring them here on the podcast and analyze them for you. Thank you to Heart and Soul Radio for the song, The Addiction, that we use as our intro and outro music. And above all else, thank you to each and every one of you for listening. Until next week, stay sexy and And super super flexy. flexy.